When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on special assignment. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, So the big news breaking late last week, we now know that Hunter Biden explicitly mentioned his dad while trying to strong arm a business associate and Chinese Communist Party member into paying him. Gosh, dang. Yeah. (laughs) This is unbelievable. I mean, just so. So what we have here is the the president's son. Now, this is 2017. Uh, Joe Biden is no longer vice president at this point. But apparently they were all they were sitting in the living room or whatever, trying to wonder, uh, trying to figure out where exactly their Chinese money was. And Hunter Biden is explicitly saying, hey, Zhao or whatever your name is, uh, I need to know where my money is and I need to know now or else my dad is going to rain all sorts of holy hell on top of you. That's what's going on here. Yeah. And the White House really doesn't want to uh, talk about it here. The White House press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, refused to comment on it. And I know these are going to be longer clips, but it's just a work of art. Exactly what happened uh, during the White House press briefing on Friday afternoon here. So just bear with me. Stop whenever, uh, you know, just let, uh, throw <laughs> the right. flag whenever you want to comment on here something, we go. Scott. Okay. All right. Are you going to answer the question? Not a reasonable question to ask whether the President of the United States was involved, as this message seems to suggest, in some sort of a coercive conversation for business dealing by a son. Is that something, if he wasn't, then maybe you should tell us. So here's the thing, I, and I appreciate the question. I believe my colleague uh, at the White House Council uh, has answered this question already, has dealt with this, has uh, uh, made it very clear. I just don't have anything to share outside of my, what my colleagues have shared, uh, and so I would refer you to him and the, D- and the DOJ. Just not going to comment from here. I will, what I can tell you is I know that my colleague has dealt with this. He, he uh, addressed this at the White House Council. I just don't have anything else to share. I just, I just answered the question. I just answered the question. Yes or no, was the president involved in the shakedown attempt? Stephen, Stephen, I just answered the question. I just said, I just, this is, it's not up to you how I answer the question. I just answer the question by telling you my colleagues at the White House Council has dealt with this, and I would refer you to them. You know, this is one of those times when I've mentioned before, one of the benefits the Democrats have of having a senile president is when you know the president doesn't remember what year it is, what title he holds currently, where the White House is, what state he's in, what year, all that stuff. You have plausible deniability baked in because you can honestly say the president doesn't recall because he probably doesn't because his brain is mush right now. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the same can be uh, true or said for Corrine Jean-Pierre, who is the first White House press secretary to have been kicked in the head by a mule when she was a child. 
And you know that she is just not capable of answering a nuanced question or answering with any sort of coherent thought. So in a situation like this, when the president of the United States stands credibly accused of taking part in his son's corrupt business dealings, uh, the easiest thing in the world is for her to stumble around and say, well, I'm not going to address it because, you know, she's not capable of it. Well, if it was already addressed, then go ahead and parrot those, whatever that person said. Right, back. exactly. At one What's point, wrong with that? At one point during the briefing, uh, yeah, one of the uh, uh, one of the White House press corps folks said, hey, well, could you just reiterate what it is that the White House counsel said? Yeah, that's can, all. Can you not read that statement? And yeah. well, she's like, well, no, I'm going to refer you to my colleagues at the White House uh, counsel's just, office. But what's the problem? Why can't you just say what they said? Yeah. I mean, aren't you expecting this question? This question is going to come up. My guess is mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. Even and, though even though the media is, is as corrupt as they possibly can be, they're going to at least ask the question. Right. And and you have to over and over again. I mean, think about how many questions were shouted at uh, former White House press secretary Sean Spicer when Donald Trump was president. Oh, geez. When they're yelling about, well, what about Paul Manafort sharing polling data with some Russian guy? Right. What about that? Bah! You know, they're, they're saying, like, democracy hangs in the balance. Here you have right. the current president of the United States standing credibly accused of taking part in corrupt business deals. And it's just sort of like, well, uh, we're going to ask nicely <laughs> whether yeah. or not whether or not uh, Joe Biden knew about it. So, well, you know, we'll see what happens from here. It, it's it's at least somewhat encouraging that the dorks in the White House press corps are asking the question, although the people really leading the charge, Stephen Nelson from the New York Post and uh, James Rosen from Newsmax. So outside of conservative media, really no one's interested in holding feet to the fire. No. And after all of the stuff we were talking about entering the golden age of journalism because of Donald Trump and people asking the hard questions and speaking truth to power and yada, yada, yada. Boy, all of that has been exposed for the fraud and the lie that it was all those years ago. Well, I guess, uh, again, I mean, she does this all the time, Mm -hmm. but this this one is. This one really smells because, again, the only thing you have to do is just reread the statement. That's yeah. it. Well, Move they're on. they're panicked. They don't want to, They know they've been caught in a lie, and they don't want to compound the lie. So, I guess from a legal perspective, from a uh, vulnerability standpoint, it's good that she's saying, "Well, I haven't talked to the president about this, and I'm not going to address it from here because, man, they she doesn't want to get dragged into whatever might happen no. with her boss right now." Um, and I, I think it's it's interesting to hear these questions coming out of the White House press corps when a lot of mainstream media is not all that interested in it. They're not they're not really talking about it. I've seen it covered a little bit like Friday. It was sort of an oh, yeah, by the way, also this uh, on the Today Show. It was like tagged at the end of a package that, oh, yeah, by the way, we have now proof that Joe Biden was involved in his son's business deals. But outside of that, it's kind of like, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're not going to really dig in uh, to any of this stuff. Um, MSNBC's Andrea Mitchell. I heard this. Did you hear this? Yeah, she brought in legal analyst yeah. Barbara McQuaid to downplay what, you know, under Trump, would have been considered a bombshell. And I, I think it is a bombshell. But anyway, uh, here's Andrea Mitchell uh, talking with the legal analyst Barbara McQuaid. It's based on a WhatsApp. We don't know the verification of that. We don't know whether Hunter was exaggerating when he talked to someone, if it was he, if it's authentic, when he said, my father's here with me. And it was when Joe Biden was not in office in between 
vice presidency and the presidency. Yes, I, I, I read that statement and I find it to be awfully flimsy uh, on which to build any sort of an investigation. It just simply is some uh, sort of puffery by uh, Hunter Biden. Yeah. You people demanded an FBI investigation into Brett Kavanaugh because some clearly mentally disturbed woman claimed that he tried to rape her way, way back in the day at a party that nobody else can remember. I mean, the, these people are sick, man. Yeah. That, that there is one standard of proof that is needed when they're conservative and there's another standard when it's their guy. It's just shocking to me. And I think the the fascinating part to me is that, you know, if the shoe were on the other foot, I'm pretty sure you'd have a lot of people in conservative media saying, oh, man, this is bad for Donald Trump. If Donald Trump were caught or let's say Don Jr. was caught sending a text message threatening to bury someone in China or Russia, if a business deal didn't come through. Yeah, I mean, is it plausible? Is it plausible that uh, Hunter was puffing out his chest and creating some sort of fiction? Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. But shouldn't we find out whether or not well, it, it, yeah, it happened or not? I, I th- mean, I think it's a worthy question to ask. All right, absolutely. And why threaten? Why threaten with the old man? Yeah. yeah why even do it unless yeah. you knew that it would shake people to the core? Yeah, of <laughs> yeah. course. Yep. Yeah. Uh, moving on, I love this story. The city of Portland, uh, it starts off in a bad place, obviously, that, that's sadly becoming a shell of itself with rampant homelessness, open drug dealing, crime. Um, and at every turn, progressives are trying to make that stuff easier to do. Uh, well, now the cops are getting creative because prosecuting low-level offenses is getting more and more difficult, especially when it comes to drug dealing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I saw this on KGW. A Portland police officer recently arrested a man after he spotted him dealing drugs. And Mike Benner talked to the officer, and I don't even want to spoil what it was that this cop did. Just appeared to be one of these sort of low-level dealers and had a little bit of drugs, but not a ton. And it's not really any money. And he had a story. Officer Arnold says Baker told him he was dealing drugs to people who needed them to battle withdrawals. In other words, Baker was acting as a doctor. Problem is... He told me he had not been to medical school and uh, was not an, didn't have any uh, prescription writing authority. Taking into account the small amount of drugs Baker had on him, just 2.1 grams of meth and two fentanyl pills, according to court documents, Officer Arnold arrested Baker for practicing medicine without a license. He didn't have all of the markers <laughs> we see a lot with uh, a regular uh, delivery case. Um, and so I thought, you know, this is a great opportunity to... To try this out and explore the charge. So it's like, so it's like, yeah, we can't. We're not going to arrest you for dealing drugs on the street because it's a uh, fairly low level, right? But you've been operating uh, without a medical license, and so we're going to arrest you and we're going to prosecute you on that. I love getting creative. Well, I love seeing yeah, that. I do too. But it begs the question, right? If this guy thinks he's a doctor, isn't he a doctor? That's true. I mean, I yeah. mean, in the world we live in, I mean, you can be whoever you want to be, whoever you say you are. I have to respect that. <laughs> I, I just, I'm just laughing to myself because uh, in my days of degeneracy, like a, late teens, early twenties, uh, I, I, I bought weed from a guy who called himself. A uh, street pharmacist. I'm like, well, apparently that that doesn't fly, not even in Portland, huh? Uh, Apparently that's not all, though. The cops are also arresting drug dealers for trademark counterfeiting because they're stamping fentanyl pills with real company markers. 
Gosh, <laughs> dang. How about you just start prosecuting people for drug possession drug, yeah. and drug dealing no matter how much they have on them? Doesn't that seem a little bit more simple, yeah. Scott? Yeah, well, it does to me, too. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> God, God bless these guys for getting creative, but it just sort of seems like there's an easier way here than trying to go after somebody for trademark counterfeiting. Golly. All right, we got uh, more news to get to. Uh, the New York City mayor, well, you know how he's been talking about uh, human trafficking on the part of the Texas governor. Apparently, he's sending migrants to different countries. We'll get to that story next. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. The Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on special assignment. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, so you know how the New York City mayor, Eric Adams, has been extremely perturbed by the fact that uh, the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, has sent about 10,000 migrants to the city. Now, that's a drop in the bucket compared to the overall number of migrants that have been sent there by the Biden administration. But when the Texas governor does it, apparently it's a crisis. It's human trafficking. Right? That's what we're told. Yeah. Well, now it comes out that uh, New York City sent migrants all over the country and the world. They've spent about $50,000 for the resettlement of about 114 migrant households. So not just one person. You're talking about families, potentially, uh, mostly to Florida and Texas. So Florida sends them up there. Texas sends them up there. And they say, sorry, no more room at the end. You go back to those red states. After all of that complaining, where, where Eric Adams is going out there saying that this is horrible, this is demeaning, and New York is going to take care of these people. No, actually, they sent them back. Uh, to Texas or Florida in many cases. I'm not at all surprised by this. I mean, they are overwhelmed. Yeah. I mean, they are overwhelmed and they are strapped. I mean, the the, the budgetary constraints are exploding everywhere. <laughs> right. But, dude, again, I go back to this. You were the one that said everything's free. You had to sign up. Yeah. And then you're bitching about customers coming in? Well. Yeah, exactly. What do you think's going to happen? Man, I, I wanted well, to what have What did my... you think was going to well, I'll tell you what they thought was going to happen. They thought this, the red state, was just going to absorb all this. Yeah. And they could sit there and be virtue signaling jack wagons yeah. indefinitely. Yeah, because until their bluff was called. Okay, you want them? Okay, we got some for you. Yeah, because generally how it's worked historically is that uh, these other states get to kind of pick and choose who comes in. Yeah, you know they get to say, okay, well here are the criteria, and the the federal government will vet them to a certain degree uh, before uh, resettling them elsewhere in the country. So they've been counting on that system to yeah. stay in place. And Governor Abbott sort of knocked over the apple cart and said, no. You know, Texas doesn't need to deal with this all on its own. No. And so we're going to do something about it and give you a little taste of your own medicine. And Well, and, and, and this is a very, and Texas is being very equitable. That is true. Yeah. That is migrant equity. Okay? Migrant equity, yeah. We want to make sure that you guys get your share as well. Mm -hmm. Well, you know that uh, some of the people that were part of this resettlement program actually went overseas. They were, they were shipped out to a different country. <laughs> Not, really? Yeah. On the taxpayer dime, too. One of them went to China. Now, I, I, I can't believe that that person went to China unwillingly. I mean, that may have been a Chinese national who wanted to go back yeah. for one reason or another. But it's, it's just remarkable to me that we hear all of these claims of human trafficking when the mayor of New York is single-handedly resettling migrants all over the rest of the country and even yeah. back to China. It would be weird that China would just accept someone. Okay, 
Yeah, come on in. <laughs> I don't believe that happened either. No, come on in. Got to be yeah. some sort of arrangement going on. Oh, yeah. oh most certainly, yeah. But I again, I don't understand the 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 screeching and yelling because hey, again, you advertised yourself as being this, and then when you could become that, then you get mad because yeah. you are that. Yeah, I just wanted Got to. Op- I just wanted to open up a Chick Fil A franchise. I didn't think all these people would be wanting chicken sandwiches. Right. Dang. Exactly. Why? Well, who knew? <laughs> Golly. It's, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it really is just frustrating watching all of this go down. Uh, well, uh, the House of Representatives is apparently getting ready to impeach Merrick Garland, the attorney general, uh, after this IRS whistleblower testimony, uh, where the whistleblower says that Merrick Garland interfered in criminal investigations into Hunter Biden. And specifically, it has to do with the tax fraud issue not failing to pay your taxes but actual tax fraud and the two whistleblowers that have come out said that they recommended felony charges and yet the felony charges were never brought uh and so people are going to have to answer for this uh kevin mccarthy was on fox and friends this morning and here's what he said miranda devine says that joe biden met with his business partners 12 times, 12 different times and 12 different deals, perhaps. So it's according to Rob Walker, who was in on all this stuff. Good friend. He's all over uh, all over the laptop. So will this prompt you to do a impeachment inquiry? Well, you apparently don't follow me on Twitter because yesterday I laid out very, very clearly by July 6th, because of the allegations from the IRS, because of the whistleblowers and the DOJ, our, our Garland, what he is saying and what David Weiss are saying privately are two different things. Right. And if it comes true what the IRS whistleblower is saying, we're going to start impeachment inquiries on the attorney general. Well, it... Well, again, that's a lot of lip service. We'll see what happens uh, moving down. I do think starting with the attorney general is a smart political move, because if you go right after Joe Biden directly, the you know, you're going to have the people saying, oh, this is a retribution for Trump being impeached. They're going to talk about this being a purely political move as if, you know, the stuff against Trump was not purely political. Yeah, uh, right. square that circle yeah, for me here. Say, yeah, yeah, but but um, but starting with the attorney general and start turning over rocks to see what bugs you find uh, there is a pretty good place to start, especially because nobody voted for no none no no you know general American public individual voted for Merrick Garland to be the attorney general. It's harder to shoehorn in just the pure politics of an impeachment. So. If you start there, I think that's a good place to go and see what you find and then move on to Joe Biden if if the facts warrant it. All right, we got a lot more news to get to, plus what's your story coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on special assignment. Thank you so much for being here. Well, the president was just asked... Hey, did you ever uh, did you lie about never speaking to Hunter about his business deals? And they the say pre- he didn't. Yeah, the president Remember? said no. No knowledge. Yeah, as he was walking out, I'd play the the audio is very garbled. Um, I mean, I can just <laughs> tell you, yeah, and not just because of Joe. I was I mean, just gonna say, man, yeah, isn't it always pretty garbled? He's walking out of an event that is dealing with broadband internet access, and uh, I mean, I can play it for you just to see what. Just so you know what I mean. You can can barely kind of make that out. 
Yeah. Uh, Jackie Heinrich from Fox News asked, did you lie about never speaking to Hunter about his business deals? Biden says no. Then he walks away out of the room. Um, that may be yet another one of those clips that lives on in infamy, depending on how we uh, how, how the rest of the story uh, shakes out. Like we talked about the breaking news on Thursday. You have Hunter Biden explicitly saying Joe Biden's in the room with me. Yeah. Talking to a business associate trying to get his money, trying to shake him down and threatening to have his dad use his political power to punish him if the payments or whatever deal doesn't come through. I mean, pretty big deal. I'm wondering, because you're the most cynical person on this show, I think. And that's <laughs> saying a lot because I am, too. But do you think that this thing has legs? I think it does. Okay. Um, and I, I think the interesting part is how slowly this has dripped out without a lot of uh, fanfare really over the last, I, I don't know, starting like late last summer when there was real concern about a red wave that never materialized, unfortunately, right. but uh, it is what it is. Um, and you started to hear murmurings that the power powers that be would sort of be telling Joe, you're not going to run for president again. And I do wonder... Uh, if we're going to start seeing a snowball effect. Although I've been saying that now for like almost a year, so who knows? But it does seem like the more information that comes out, the worse it gets for Joe Biden, not his crackhead son, but for Joe himself. Right. Because um, clearly he lied when he, when he said he had no knowledge of it, and that now they're trying to say, well, he wasn't directly involved in it. They're, they're trying to sort of nickel and dime the um the language surrounding right. the denials so I, I i do think they are a little worried about how much is coming out uh piece by piece and you wonder what what the end goal of this really is or at least i want. well i mean i think the end goal is prosecution yeah and you uh, know now that part i don't think that'll ever happen Um, If we get to a point where, let's say, more and more comes out and Joe says, you know what, I'm in my golden years and wouldn't you know it, I've got I'm I'm senile. Um, I'm not going to seek reelection. I need to focus, obviously, on my family and all that. He can he can still um, back away with this or back away from this without admitting defeat. You know, he he could very easily say, look, I need to focus on my family. I got a couple of kids who've been in and out of rehab for years, and obviously uh, they haven't made great decisions, and I want to focus on that in my golden years. And he can still come across as a sympathetic figure to a media that loves making him a sympathetic figure. Yes. As far but, as criminal prosecution, that'll never happen. I mean, if he's going to do something, he should do it pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah, well. Yeah, you still got uh, you know you still got a few months before yeah, I suppose. any uh, any primary voting were uh, to begin. So, you know, we'll we'll see where it goes. Again, if you're if you're holding your <clears throat> excuse me, if you're holding your breath for a criminal prosecution, uh, don't you know take a breath. I, I don't think it'll ever happen. Gosh, um, I'd love to be wrong about that, but yeah, I, I just, know. But I I, I I tend to I tend to agree with you only because. I mean, of the last run, the Hunter Biden last run was ridiculous. Yeah. Did you see, by the way, I don't know if you happen to see this or not, but when the gun was first discovered and was tied back to him, they tried to he tried to make it sound like there was a couple of Mexicans who got a hold of the gun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's racist comment as I've ever read, right? Yeah. 
Well, it was yeah. He tried it was to found, pin it on a couple of Mexicans. It was said. it was found by a guy who was dumpster diving. Would take cans out of the dumpster to make a little yeah. bit of money, and uh, yeah, and and then yeah, he blames it on all these other people. And yeah, then it comes. <laughs> he out. called them uh, illegals. Uh oh, I'm sure they're illegals. Well, that's it's like seed. holy smokes, man. Wow. That's just hateful. Yeah. That's hateful. Uh, Blaming our- Mexicans for what you did. That's racist. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Golly, All right. It's time man. for uh, What's Your Story. Uh, we do this every day. May not be the biggest story of the day, but it's certainly one that caught your eyes. We like to bring this to you. Uh, Scott, what's your story today? My story today is uh, from Libs of TikTok and Brian Krasserstein. Do you know who this guy is? Oh, Krasenstein, yeah. Krasenstein, he and his brother yeah, are just idiot libs. Yeah. Media influencer, blah, blah, blah. So libs of TikTok yesterday released a video of the naked dudes on bicycles at the Pride Parade in Seattle. And it shows them a picture and all these little kids that are lined up there. And here comes these guys flopping around on their bicycles, right? So they put it out there. Brian didn't like it. He said, let me get this straight. Libs of TikTok tweeted out a video of naked men on bicycles in order to make a point that naked men on bicycles should not be parading in front of kids. He said, I agree. But in order to make that point, they share a video of naked men on bicycles on Twitter where millions of kids can now see the video. Note that I'm only sharing a screenshot of the video and not retweeting it because I actually don't think the kids should be viewing naked men on bicycles online, unlike Libs of TikTok. (laughs) Twitter is open to kids 13 and older according to the terms of service, and Libs of TikTok knows this. Now, the fundamental difference as far as I'm concerned is these dudes riding naked on bicycles with all the kids there, first of all, many of them under the age of 13, nevertheless, they didn't have a choice. They were going to see the guys naked on bicycles regardless. Right. Well, yeah, I mean... that Again, a lot of times the Krasenstein brothers, they make points that sound smart to really, really stupid people. And yeah. and that, I think somebody else had tried to make the point, well, we got to ban nude beaches and blah, blah, blah. Well, one, I don't care if you ban nude beaches at all. I'm, it's, yeah, it's not, not my scene. Point. It yeah. is what it is. But I can't even look at myself naked. Yeah. But there, right, but there is a, a fundamental difference between that and then having grown men who like to parade around naked in front of children. Like, yeah. We used to understand that as a society. Did you see the Minneapolis Pride Parade video? I didn't see that. That was going one. around. It's this big fat dude who. Oh, the twerker. Yeah, he's twerking yeah. in his yeah. un- tidy whities Yes. Like, what is this? With the little kids. Yeah, with little kids. And he's like thrusting his ween in front of them and all that stuff. Yeah. Like, okay, that's a pedophile. All right, that, that's, that person is a sexual predator who likes shaking his junk at children. And he did. And he did. Yeah. And and you're telling me that if I don't celebrate that, I'm I'm a homophobe? I don't know, man. Every gay person I've ever known in my life would be horrified by me saying, well, that's what you people like. You, you like yeah. wearing your tidy whities and walking down the street twerking in front of little kids. Right. And, the, and in the same parade, I did see this, where the dudes, the dog guys, the puppy, whatever yeah. they are, they're barking in collars on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just yeah. It's sick, man. What is going on? It, it really Isn't is. Isn't the idea is to win hearts and minds? No. Of people who are, like, stuck in their ways, like, show them that, hey, look, we, oh. we're we out there doing the same stuff you are. Oh, no, that, that phase is over. That's not that's not what the, again, I want to separate. I feel like you got to do this every time, but you separate, like, regular, everyday gay people who just want to, yeah. you know, 
get live on their with lives yeah. and and and, and live their lives as, as equals and they're allowed yeah. to do that yeah that 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 sort of uh, being normal mm-hmm. has been a big push for years and that's been achieved now you've got the freak shows coming out and it's not about uh you know trying to win hearts and minds it's about saying look what we can get away with get away with and you can't say anything about it it is absolutely about domination that's the goal right now of the crazy alphabet mafia is to say we're going to do all of these things all of these things that we know is wrong our our fans know is probably not appropriate and you know is not appropriate, and you find it abhorrent, but you have to call it beautiful and loving, or else you're a bigot. I just want to know, what parade in America could you have grown men on bicycles naked riding down the street and get away with it? Right. What, which one? <laughs> yeah, why? May, the, the, you know... Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. <laughs> yeah, and now now here come the twerking fat guys wearing dog right. collars. Right. <laughs> Coming up, Snoopy. <laughs> yeah. Brought to you by Hanes. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Yeah, there's no, no other parade in you America could, you could that never would do celebrate that. No. that. They'd, you'd be yanked out of there real fast. Yep, that's yep. it. But again, if you can find that tolerable and you can go along with it when you know that it's wrong, yeah. then y- you'll do whatever the powers that be say. That, that's it. I mean, really, what it, ha- what it comes down to is you've got uh, Marxists in the government that absolutely want to force you to not see that as wrong. Because as soon as you fall in line with something like that, then you can be convinced to do anything. And that's, I mean, that's, that's a dark way of looking at it. But that's, that's the you know only what? explanation that makes sense to me. Some folks within the community don't stand up and go, hey, man, you can't do that. Yeah, and they have been, and they get yeah, shouted and, and down, they, and, and they need to, right, yeah. and that's too bad because their yeah. voices need to be louder, yes. Right. Um, all right, my story today, it's what's your story. Uh, go around the horn and just uh, bring up stories that may not be the biggest ones of the day, but something that caught your eye. I thought this was fascinating. Uh, BlackRock, you know, the big investment firm that has mm-hmm. been pushing this ESG movement aggressively, trying to get uh, progressive policies uh, in place through force, through the force of financial uh, right. uh, power. Uh, the CEO of BlackRock now, Larry Fink is his name, he says he is no longer using the term ESG because, quote, it's being politically weaponized, and he's ashamed to be part of the debate on the issue. So now they're calling it uh, something different. What is it? Do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Uh, uh, they're calling it conscientious capitalism now, <laughs> because well, again, what is that? okay, yeah, because that that's his entire uh, uh, thing is to say, no, 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 this is just about making the world a better place. It's not about forcing progressive values on everybody. Yeah. It's we want to okay. make things better. Yeah, and already what we've seen through the ESG movement is, uh, well, food riots in places like Sri Lanka. We've seen massive protests in uh, parts of Europe over farming regulations that have been pushed by by entities like BlackRock. So don't let them change it to conscientious capitalism. That's ridiculous. Right. No, it's the ESG thing. They're going to, again, what, what, the, what the progressive left always tries to do is when they start losing the argument, they just change the language. And that's what this guy is trying to do now. Yep. But I do think it's interesting. And he explicitly named Ron DeSantis as somebody who's forcing him to not use ESG anymore, the DeSantis campaign would be crazy to not use that in a political ad. 
Oh, yeah. They have to. You got to be, look, we got these guys on the run because we've been protesting them. We're not getting our state pensions involved in it. Texas has been doing the same thing. We got them on the ropes. Let's keep going. You don't get to live and let live here, all right, in this situation. But anyway, oh, no I, I just thought live. that was fascinating. Yeah, live and let live doesn't exist in that uh, It doesn't anymore. No. Uh, meanwhile, you know, we got the nation's report card last week that shows historic drops in uh, math and uh, reading proficiency, except in one sector where things seem to be going pretty well. We'll get to that next. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on special assignment. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, you know, we talked about this last week, Scott, that the nation's report card, quote unquote, yeah, uh, showed generational losses in reading and math scores among our nation's kids. And we all know why. It's because mm-hmm. of remote learning. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as much as they want to say, well, it was the pandemic. No, it was the adults response to the pandemic. And we all know it. It was a blown call to keep schools closed as long as they were again it all depends on where you were in the country but i mean there well, were way too many school yeah. districts uh especially those serving uh people living in poverty or in lower income situations maybe they only have one parent in the household things like that i mean well, let's you, just cut to the chase blue states yeah you for yeah. the most part oh exactly yeah they completely yeah. screwed over those kids yeah they did i thought it was interesting though um Although over twice as many private school educators were in COVID vulnerable 60 or older category compared to public school teachers, Catholic schools stayed open for their kids. And they experienced no meaningful decline in either subject, math or reading. It's almost as if, Scott, the schools that stayed open had better outcomes than than the schools that stayed closed. Oh, yeah. Well, sure. Yeah. I mean, and, and so it, it's not surprising that enrollment at Catholic schools increased by about 4% during the 2021-2022 academic year, while public schools lost over half a million students during the pandemic. I mean, it's not complicated to figure this out. You don't have to be some expert to, to know that, hey, if you lock kids out of school for a virus that certainly isn't a threat to them, uh, at least a wide majority of them, uh, yeah, they're not they're they're going to fall behind. And I, I just I what's frustrating to me is I know that nobody is going to be held accountable for this. Nobody. I mean, in, in some local school board races, you've you've had some upsets, and hopefully that trend continues with uh, parents being sort of having an interest in their kids' education being reignited. I hope yes. that continues, and I hope it, I, I hope it becomes a bigger movement. Uh, and don't let the Biden administration and all these liberals tell you that you're a, a, a domestic terrorist if you give a damn about what your kids are learning in school. Uh, keep pushing. You have I agree. to. I mean, yeah. we, we, we got a whole generation to completely uh, uh, save from the brink. Well, the whole notion and idea behind the uh, learning via computer nonsense that yeah. was going on. I mean, anybody in their right mind was like, this better be temporary because this isn't going to work. Yeah. Oh, Kids left to their own device without actually sitting in a classroom right. and they're sitting in their bedrooms. Yeah. 
I could just flash back to when I was a kid. There's no way in hell I would have paid attention to anything. <laughs> on, a, on a lighter note here, uh, have you heard the bird that has a southern accent? No. Here, <laughs> listen to this. I don't know if we're going to have time. Oh, no. No, no, no. Uh, maybe we wait. Oh, uh, we yeah. Wait. We'll, we'll, we'll get yeah, to that in the get, next, like, 10 you got to hear this, though. So. Bird okay. with a southern accent coming up. Yes, and a, and a water skiing squirrel. <laughs> yeah. News at 11. <laughs> Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on special assignment. Well, now we know that Hunter Biden explicitly mentioned his dad while trying to strong arm and shake down a business associate and Chinese Communist uh, Party member. Uh, He was there with Joe Biden in 2017 when he said his dad would get involved if he didn't get his money. You know, we covered this on Thursday afternoon as this was breaking and we have gotten more information since then namely in the form of a couple of whistleblowers who were also saying they were recommending felony tax charges uh, against Hunter Biden. But the Justice Department demurred. They said, no, we're not. uh, We're not going to do that. I mean, this is one of those things that if Joe Biden were were a Republican, would be the lead story today. And, and, And they would not let up until... Uh, until he resigned from office or was you know, impeached. I don't know what they are, but I would like to know what they are. What evidence determines whether or not the Justice Department will pursue something or not? I think it's just a series of judgment calls. But it, how, how do you arrive at those decisions? Well, well, I, I mean, mean how you wonder can you about not, politics at play. Exa- see, that's, I guess that's my point. <laughs> does, it, does any of this really matter? Yeah, I, I mean, it depends on what party is currently running things and has people in charge. Well, and also, you know, one of the things that gets a little deep in the weeds, but but it's an important thing to note, uh, is Hunter Biden's failure to register as a foreign agent when he's lobbying for things to get done on behalf of a foreign client. People get sent to jail for that all the time. I mean, Paul yeah. Manafort, one of the more high-profile uh, people who got nailed on tax evasion and FARA, what, what's it called, F-A-R-A, Foreign Agent Registry Act or whatever it's called, Registration Act. Um, I mean, yes, if the will is there to prosecute somebody, they will do it. And, I mean, the Trump administration, the DOJ under Trump, prosecuted and jailed Trump's campaign manager for similar things that Hunter Biden did and got away with. So it's hard for me to understand how this is not politically motivated here. Right. And how do you walk away from this cynical going, well, there's two tiers of justice. There, I mean, there, how do you not think that? There really are. I mean, it's, of course there are. Well, it's, it's three tiers, basically. You've got, you know, the, the, the rest of us. Then you've got uh, elites on the wrong side of the political aisle and then elites on the right side of the political aisle. <laughs> Those, right. Who, it's, and, just, yeah. it's just maddening because... I mean, we're all sitting here going, wait a minute. I mean, Joe and the documents, nothing. Mm -hmm. Hunter, nothing. This, nothing. 
Yeah. I, I, I just don't know how this can happen over yeah. and over and over again. Well, and, and also, I mean, part of these documents that were dropped last week uh, show that the FBI knew that the Hunter Biden laptop with all yeah. of this evidence in it, the Hunter Biden laptop was real. They had authenticated it a year before the New York Post broke the story. And then the intelligence community and the DOJ and everybody else involved went along with this line that, it well, it's not verified. Well, you know, it, we think it's probably Russian disinformation, all of this. I mean, anybody who thinks that the deep state is just a conspiracy theory at this point is willfully ignorant. Gosh, damn. It exists, and it's punishing anybody that steps outside of the bounds of what they think is acceptable behavior. The White House, meanwhile, really doesn't want to talk about any of this, and I understand why. It's self-preservation. I mean, a lot of the people who are spokesmen for the White House absolutely do not want to be on the record denying something that they know is actually true. They don't want to go down with the ship, in other words. John no. Kirby is one of them. He was asked about this on Friday. So just a couple of questions about this. First, does this not undermine... Uh, the president's claim during the 2020 campaign and the reaffirmations of that claim by his two press secretaries since then that he never once discussed his son's overseas business dealings with him? No, and I'm not going to comment further on this. We're going to... We're, I'm not, James, James, let me just... Let me save you some... Let me save... Let me save... Let me save you some breath if you're going to ask about this. I am not addressing... I don't... I know you do. More than I'd like you to have. I am not going to address this issue from this podium. I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. <laughs> this is this is how I want to end every awkward conversation, by the way. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. And just walk out of the room. I mean, that guy's... Well, got... at what podium can you address this from? Right. We've heard two different podiums now say exactly the same thing. They're mm -hmm. not going to address it from that podium. Yeah. Okay. Do we do we need the like right, Hunter dude. Biden Joe Biden corruption podium? Can someone yeah, get in on that? Drag that out and set it up. Start yeah. making that. <laughs> Cal, dang. Surely there's a woodworker in the audience who can start making that for yeah, us. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll get the uh, Joe Biden corruption podium out there. Yeah. We can drop it off at DC. Yeah, and, hire the press and, secretary specifically for this. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so this is the podium from which you can address that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, of course, we, we found out on Thursday that the uh, the sub that was going to take a tour of the Titanic did implode. Uh, yeah. And, I mean, this is Jeez. what I'd suspected from the beginning is that that thing was gone on Sunday. Not good. And so it had apparently, uh, there had been some sort of malfunction and it collapsed in on itself due to the water pressure. Uh, and again, the silver lining here. As morbid as it is, is that it's likely that with that kind of pressure coming down on them, they didn't even really see it coming. They may have known that something was wrong. They may have heard something start. But as far as the, the feeling, you know, actually experiencing that kind of death, there it, it, it happened so quickly, more than likely, that they didn't even know it was happening until it was over. I mean, so, some of the... The design and, and some of the materials that went into building this thing are ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. When you start to hear about it, it's like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Well, and, you know, and I listen, can I just say this, too, for the record? Because mm -hmm. I saw a lot of this floating around online over the weekend. And there was a lot of mocking of it. And I'm like, OK, I'm not going to involve myself with that. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't want to. It's just to me, it's just I, I mean, people died. Is the idea that somehow 
these rich guys got what they deserved. Yeah. I mean, there's a weird feeling. And I'm like, hey, man, you know what? If they wanted to spend a quarter million dollars to go do this, so be it. Yeah. It's their money. You can do whatever they want. They earned it. They didn't ask you for it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I and I understand. I understand the other side where they could have fed, you know, 4,000 people for, you know, 20 years or whatever. I get that. I do. But this is what they, it was, like I said, they didn't ask you for any money. No, they didn't crowdfund it. Yeah. I mean, it was their dough. They well, wanted to, I, these guys are thrill seekers. This is what they do. You know, these are the guys that, you know, to hike mountains. These are the guys that jump out of airplanes. These are the guys that go over the cliff in a boat. You know, these are these same guys. Yeah. Well, the, the retort I have, because I, I don't, I can understand the initial impulse maybe to, sure, to go do down too. that, but yeah. I don't, it doesn't make any sense. And especially when you have the follow-up question, how much of your income are you giving to feed the hungry? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you really need that iPhone? Do you really need that high-speed Internet? Because yeah, we can play this game all day based on yeah. income, right? I mean, we can. Right. Yeah. That you, you wind up talking yourself into circles because we all have something that we could live without. Yeah, oh, uh, sure. And, and give to somebody who maybe needed it more than us. I would argue more than one thing. Right. And, and, yeah, I mean, but we don't lots do of things. It. We don't do it. Yeah. Do you really need that car? Do you really need that computer? Whatever it may be. Uh, you know, and so look, if these guys want to spend their money going to the bottom of the ocean to see the Titanic, it's not my thing, but I don't know why that's supposed to be a scandalous thing. And you got to deal with the consequences. I mean, yeah. you know, going in that something could go wrong, and if yeah. it does, you're in trouble. You know that. Yeah, and meanwhile, Barack Obama came out of the woodwork. Oh, he did no. an interview see, with uh, Christian Amanpour on yep. CNN. I can almost tell you where this one's going. I haven't heard it yet. Oh, yeah, he's mad about all the news yeah, of coverage of that submersible yeah. that ex- imploded on its way to the Titanic, and apparently. He's talking about it in the context of inequality around the world. Oh, God. And it's so go. terrible. Our democracy is not going to be healthy with the levels of inequality that we've seen generated mm-hmm. from globalization, automation, uh, the decline in unions, um, the obscene inequality. Mm-hmm. You think about news of the day. Generally, we're not talking about news of the day, but right now we have. Uh, 24-hour coverage, and I understand it, of this submarine, the submersible, uh, uh, that, that tragically is right now lost. I, I should have warned you that this guy takes the scenic route to Forever. every point he Everything. makes. So yeah. anyway, bear with us. The bottom of the sea. Um, at the same time, right here, in at, just off the coast of Greece, we had 700 People dead, 700 migrants who were apparently being smuggled uh, into here. And you know, we've, it's made news, but it's not dominating in the same way. And, and in some ways, it's indicative of the degree to which people's life chances have, have grown so disparate. It's very hard to sustain a democracy when you have such massive concentrations of wealth. And so... I barely know what point he's even trying to make, but I don't either. I guess it's it's that hey, we we have such inequality on the planet, and it's because we're paying attention to the wrong things or something like that. I don't really understand how you draw the line uh, to say that our democracy is at risk because media was more interested in a sub imploding than a ship overturning and and hundreds of people drowning. I, it doesn't make any sense to me, but. 
Look, I, I think it's, it. you know, why is it more interesting? Because, you know, sadly, a lot of people trying to reach a, uh, a land where they can pursue better opportunities, a lot of people don't make it. And that's a tragedy. We know that that's a tragedy. But, sadly, it's not all that unique. And so that's one of the reasons why news organizations don't talk about it. Now, you can call me a monster for pointing that out. Or, or get mad at me for pointing that out. But that's the truth. That's why these decisions are made. You talk about a bunch of people going into a 22-foot-long tube to the bottom of the ocean and going missing. People say, well, wait a minute. That doesn't happen every day. That's why it's interesting. It's nothing about inequality or anything like that. It's the same reason why Barack Obama talked more about Trayvon Martin and Michael Brown than hundreds of kids getting shot and killed in Chicago every year. Mm-hmm. It's because it's also, those those were unique cases, and in, in his case, it was an opportunity for him to be the racial arsonist that he is. It's also real rich for this guy to talk about uh, the spreading of wealth. Yeah, while his you know estate on Martha's Vineyard, one of his places he lives in, and who made who is worth millions of dollars, and was the minute he left the presidency, I mean, who has certainly capitalized on everything America has to offer. Shut up. Yeah. Shut up. How about you first, okay? Again, right. open up your house to those to those migrants. You got plenty of room. Well, sure. You can put tents up on that compound. I've seen it at his birthday Absolutely. party. Yeah. <laughs> it's every people are everywhere, right? Yeah, right. It yeah, is. I mean, it's weird. I've got a lot because well, quite frankly, I deserve it. Yeah. The rest of these people got it on the backs of the working people. All right. Mm-hmm. That's enough. Yeah. Heard enough. All right. Uh, let's let's hit a lighter note here now. Uh, I, I I promised this earlier in the show a bird with a southern accent. Oh gosh, I can't and I wait. think this is yeah. really funny. And and. Cuckoo. What are you doing? I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you. Happy Ernie. Give me a ten. I just got to say, if I walked into somebody's house and I heard that eerie voice, I'm going to get you, I'd be like, oh, crap. It's oh, like man. The mini-me version of Sling Blade is here, all right? Uh-oh. I better run. I'm just constantly amazed by these birds. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. They speak more coherently than Joe Biden. Uh, you know what? I was just going to say that. You read my cartoon <laughs> balloon because I was just going to say that. Wow. So there, there we go. Something to cleanse the palate a little bit. Hard to train a bird to say that. Yeah. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. The Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is off today. Uh, there was a pride protest in Oregon City. I don't know if you saw any of the video of this. Uh, is by the Proud Boys, and then a group of supposed neo-Nazis showed up wearing full face masks, and the Proud Boys chased them off. It was pretty funny to me. Oh, I saw this video. Yeah, they also unmasked a couple of the supposed neo-Nazis who ran away, and some of the Proud Boys called them feds. I thought it was really funny because, well, your favorite former Republican congressman, Adam Kinzinger, that doofus, Uh, he weighed in saying these people are celebrating a seemingly MAGA assault on federal officers. No, I don't know what this really is, but take a gander at the comments of the patriots who love America. Well, he just gave away the game, didn't he? Yeah. (laughs) Didn't he just say that they were feds then? Yeah, that's what he just said. No, I don't know, but boy, it'd be really bad if somebody assaulted 
a fed who was pretending to be a neo-Nazi. I, Adam Kinzinger is an idiot. Well, he's, <laughs> he is way out over his skis. Yeah. Way out over them. Um, he's entered a world he knows nothing about and proves it daily. Yeah. You know that the, the management are on him to get clicks. You uh-huh. know they are. He has to come up with something. Yeah. So he comes up with all these harebrained schemes and scams, and then then he then he pretty much admits these guys are all dressed as feds to rile a reaction yeah. to get it on video. I mean, that's what they want. How dare you push back against feds masquerading as neo Nazis? Right, an exactly. alternate headline would be: let, Let's assume, for the sake of argument, that they weren't feds; that they were actual neo Nazis. Then isn't it objectively good if another group yeah. says, "Hey, you're you're tarnishing our protest here. Get yeah, get the hell out of here." here. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you would you would want that outcome. Kinzinger. By the way, some of this audio is pretty funny, and I just want to play it again. This is from a, uh, a pride protest in Oregon City. Proud Boys, I guess, put it together, and then a, the, this group of supposed neo Nazis show up. They're little. You, you edited boys. this thing. Uh, I have, I think. Oh gosh. I'll just say, I, man, I heard I a lot think, of a lot of yeah. F-bombs well, there's, being there's one B there. word yeah. here that I I, oh, did, okay. I think we can play it. So I think that's OK. I'll yeah. just I'll say that. But I think I got all the F-bombs out. Oh, we'll boy. see. Hang on. Here we go. Get the f- out. Go. That just I don't know why the way that guy's like leather throated be gone just cracked me up when I saw that. That's a Procter and Gamble product. (laughs) Tough stain. (laughs) Be gone, B bitch. (laughs) All right. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. Uh, biggest story of the day, I, I think at least, is uh, the White House's refusal to take on the new accusations of uh, malfeasance with Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. They're they're refusing to talk about it. Yeah, and they're and they're trying to shame any reporter who wants to ask about it, which I think personally is a uh, threat against the foundation of our very democracy. Lady Liberty is crying a little crying, bit, Scott. Weeping. She's oh, wow. weeping here. Head in her hands, yes. Uh, it's a democracy if we can keep it. That's right. I'm going to channel my inner Adam Kinzinger and just start weeping uncontrollably. Gosh, that guy. At the rise of fascism from American Democrats. We'll get to that and much more. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on special assignment. Oh, boy, man. Talking heads are going to be flipping out about this. I can't what wait. What now? All right. So uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis running for president, of course, uh, in the Republican primary. Outside of Trump, he seems to be the only viable candidate. Um, and he's down at the border doing a tour and watching the invasion happen firsthand. And he was laying out some policy proposals. And he is going after Donald Trump saying, hey, we didn't finish the wall you know, when push came to shove, he blinked on it, uh, talking about a spending package that was related to the government shutdown, just decided to keep, you know, spending money without actually demanding that he get the necessary funds to complete the wall. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> but the part of his policy proposal here uh, involves, well, shooting people if they come across the border. 
Whoa. Whoa. Here we go. <laughs> well, not not just anybody. You're not just okay. opening up on wow. uh, like a six-year-old who's coming across. But yeah. I've also noticed if you go, we were in Arizona recently, you know, there was a big, big wall. And it stopped, and so people could just go around it. But if you go to parts of the wall where, where it was there, you'd have the drug cartels actually cut through these really strong metal beams and you have these guys with the backpacks and they scurry right in through the wall and i'm just thinking to myself how could a country let that happen so we're going to we're going to create adequate rules of engagement if somebody were breaking into your house to do something bad you would respond with force yet why don't we do that at the southern border so if the cartels are cutting through the border wall trying to run product into this country, they're going to end up stone cold dead as a result of that bad decision. And if you do that one time, you are not going to see them mess with our wall ever again. Yeah, you got, well, Holy smokes, daddy-o. More than once, maybe. But yeah, you, you start dropping people at the border and, and yeah, there, there's going to be a, a recalibration that happens here. Now, I know there's already going to be the freak out. Oh, my God, you can't do that. You're going to be killing migrants. Well, no, he's talking about the human traffickers, the drug smugglers. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, I, I think through this, and I remember having this conversation years ago with Donald Trump as president because Trump had suggested something uh, similar. You just start dropping people as they're cutting across or cutting through. The bollard fencing is what it's called, the, the, right. the steel wall. And... Uh, you know, I, I remember making the point at the time, why is that uh, so controversial? Again, if he were saying we're going to just start mowing down people as they cross the border, well, no, right. I, I, I don't think you should do that. I'm not an advocate of that. Right. But as far as targeting the people who are leading the charge, absolutely. Yeah. And what, what's the difference between that and then having somebody uh, uh, break onto a military base? Because if you break on, if if you cut through fencing at a military base, now is are they going to shoot first and ask questions later? More than likely, no, they're not. But if they say, "Hey, turn around," and you don't do it, and if you do not comply, rules of engagement, uh, yeah, do actually involve lethal force. You can yes. be shot if you're trespassing on a military installation. Now, in some cases, if it's you know like you're talking Area 51 level, uh, yeah, they might drop you first and ask questions later. Wow. So what? I honestly, though, I, I I'd like to hear somebody make the counter argument that says, oh, "Well, no, we can't just start, you know, killing people." Well, you give them warning. You say, "Hey, go go away," and if not, bep, bye. Well, I mean, I think I think the just, juxtaposition that he just used, if someone breaking into your house, yeah, you know, you you take matters into your own hand because they're they're coming into your property. Oh yeah. And, and they're in your house, or they're trying to get in your house, or they're on your lawn, or whatever they are. You've asked them to leave. You've told them to stop. They don't stop. They keep coming. Guess what happens? Yeah. And again, is that a deterrent? Does the word get out that, hey, man, don't screw around here? You know, I think it does. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think word travels fast. I think word travels fast that the border is open. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yes. hence the influx you see now. When there's no detriment to it, when there's no downside to any of it, then why wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. And you're killing people in this country by the thousands, killing them. You're bringing in fentanyl. People are dying everywhere. This has got to stop. So, you know, before I, I mean, again, it's when you hear it, you're like first shocked. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, but then you start to think about it. You go, well, 
You know, word would get out real quick. Uh, yeah, it would. You're, if you're going to bring drugs into that country or you're going to sneak in and you're told to stop and you don't, and you take the brunt of it, yeah, word's going to get out. Well, and maybe and, you wouldn't be so brave as to try it. Yeah, well, and, and realistically, I mean, if you're, if you're just sending the word even... Yeah, that, that's hey, what by I mean. the way, yeah. if we catch you cutting through yeah. the fence, I mean, you have to, to me at least, uh, you, you got to set out some pretty clear rules of engagement. But otherwise, I mean, if you let it known that that's a risk, a real risk that you run, if we catch you physically altering any sort of barrier, right? then, yeah, you'd, you'd probably think twice about doing it. Or right, if you smuggle kids into this country, mm-hmm. we catch you doing it, here's the deal. I mean, I... It sounds harsh. It sounds, you know, a little, uh, you know, uh, Old West judge kind of thing. But at the same time, hey, man, you got to draw a line in the sand. We've had enough. We're not doing this anymore. Uh, I, yeah, I, I think I think the time for nice talk is over. Oh, I agree. I think the time for negotiation has ended. Yeah, as, you, as, you tried to be reasonable with it. And it's, you can't de- you're dealing with unreasonable people. Mm-hmm. So this isn't going to work. And you're also dealing with people who are making boatloads of money, mm-hmm. killing people in the U.S. Yeah. Man. I mean, again, as long as you outline clearly, like, what the actual rules of engagement are, yeah, I, I, I think you can justify it very, very easily. Uh, and, and what the circumstances are that would get you shot, I, I think is fine. You know, I I, I, I still yeah. think we hung up on the idea that Trump had of stocking the Rio Grande with man-eating alligators. I think well, I think we walked away from that one a little too quickly. You know, well, you know, it's never too late. Start digging the moat now. Get get, get a convoy from Florida, yeah, to come and help out with the uh, alligator population in in Texas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, I don't th- I don't think there's any bad ideas. I think they're all on the table right now. What we currently got going on cannot no. continue. Oh, absolutely not. No. Um, all right. Moving on. Uh, you know, we, we, we now know that uh, Hunter Biden has explicitly invoked his father in order to shake down a business associate and Chinese Communist Party member. Uh, yep. We talked about this when the news first broke on Thursday and the White House has issued all sorts of uh, denials and non-statements uh, to this, but never really actually addressing the allegation at hand. Was Joe Biden actually involved in whatever it was that Hunter Biden was doing? Because Hunter Biden was pretty explicit. Yeah, I'm sitting in this room with my dad. I'm waiting for a call from you or a couple of other people. And if I don't get that call, we're going to come after you. So that that seems pretty important. Nick Kristoff, this idiot with the New York Times, did you see this? I'm not. He goes, the real meaning of the Hunter Biden saga, get ready for this, as I see it, isn't about presidential corruption, but it's about how widespread addiction is and how a determined parent with unconditional love can sometimes reel a child back. That can give other kids, other people hope. Really? The story is not about addiction. Addiction is horrible. And if you've known anybody who's gone through it or if you yourself have gone through it um, it, and recovered from it, it is a a daily battle. It is not something that I would wish on my worst enemy. But at the same time, this isn't a story about addiction. It's a story about corrupt business dealings. That's what it is. The the, the addiction part is just sort of a side story. I mean... (laughs) I mean, I mean, the big question, the big question isn't how much Joe Biden loves his son, Hunter. I don't really care about that. 
If he does, great. If he doesn't, well, that would be pretty par for the course for Joe Biden. Uh, but the question was, was he using his son to enrich himself? But, you know, another thing, we're not talking about a 16-year-old boy. No. They, they keep treating it like this is a high school kid. Right. I mean, he was a grown man mm-hmm. pulling this crap over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. Boys will be boys definitely goes away by the time you're in your 40s. Well, yeah. I mean, the guy's smoking crack. He's with hookers. He's yeah. I mean, he's a bad guy. Yeah, he is. But but all of a sudden he he becomes Opie Taylor, <laughs> you know, where we have to, you know, the poor kid, you know, gee whiz. Now, Opie. And we've <laughs> talked about you putting down that crack pipe, haven't we? Uh, listen, old Opie, while we're out here fishing, let's talk about crack. <laughs> no, I mean, it's stupid. I mean, it, but they do. They treat it like it's a it's a young ma- young child yeah. with their dad. And dad's just protecting the kid. You know, this is a grown man. Mm-hmm. Gee whiz. I mean, were eyebrows raised when he started dating his his uh, dead brother's widow? Oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, wasn't that weird enough? That it, got, it had to get weirder, I guess, and it <laughs> yeah. did. Now it's, now it's got to involve, you know, crack, hookers, and, uh, well, international business deals worth Inter- millions yeah. that Joe Biden was apparently getting a cut of. Yeah. All right. On a lighter note here, uh, I want to bring this up. We've talked about it uh, several times on the show throughout the years. One of the things, and I say this as a former local news reporter, uh, one of the things that always drives me crazy is when it's in the wintertime, you'll have news organizations come out and give you tips on how to stay warm. When it's hot, they'll give you tips on how to stay cool. It's like, well, I think people generally know how to stay cool. You're not you're not exactly splitting the atom here. Well, it they do it too during the summer for cooling yeah. stations. If you're homeless not in this stuff, their cooling stations are the public library, the police station, blah blah blah. Yeah. Uh, several like the homeless dude has got a TV he's carrying around with him. <laughs> oh, I hadn't thought about that before. <laughs> you, Let me put my TV down and go to the go to the police station. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, I, what's what are we talking about here? Yeah. yeah. Uh and uh now though, I have a new news package for tips on staying hydrated, Scott. Oh no! Here I don't go. know if you knew this, but across the South, it was very, very hot. Still is uh, Texas, of course, but had very high temperatures. Uh, more on the way as well. I saw this on KSAT twelve in uh, in uh, San Antonio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tips on staying hydrated, sir. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are Let's you ready go. for this? I'm going to okay. write them down. Okay. All right. When heat and humidity soar, keeping your body hydrated matters more. But did you know you can hydrate with what's on your plate, not just what's in your cup? Eating fruits and veggies are a great way to get your water intake. If you're not a fan of eating fruits and vegetables on their own, you can blend them into a smoothie. Did you know you can make a smoothie, Scott? I'll be damned. Wow. The hell you say. Wait a minute. I've been struggling eating these grapes and bananas on their own all my life, and I could have just put them in a blender? Damn. You can also infuse your water with refreshing foods like cucumber, lemon, and mint. Also, not all liquids are created equal. Skim milk has 91% water content. (laughs) Coconut water is 95%, while whole milk is 87% water. Whole milk, okay. Who's sitting there when it's 100 degrees outside going, you know what I want? A cool glass of whole milk. Whole milk. (laughs) That's what I want. Gosh, damn. (laughs) Just insulting. I understand, you know, you got a half-hour news show that you got to put together you got to have content in there and they're like well it's hot the rubes that are watching us they'll 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 understand that 
hey, you can put cucumber in your water and stay hydrated. Uh-huh. I mean, how about, you know, you drink water. If you're going to be outside, make sure you're drinking water, and that's pretty much it. I'm, I'm numb. I really, I, I mean, I hear I, this Are, happens every single year, every holiday, and they're going to do the things soon, very soon, yeah. about fireworks. Oh, yeah. You know, don't hold it in your fingers when you light it. Mm-hmm. Make sure your dogs are, you know, put up somewhere. Make sure the children aren't around sparklers, and they'll tell you how hot the sparkler is. Oh, yeah, they will. Yeah. So, just, I mean, if you don't know that, chances are you're probably not watching the news anyway. <laughs> right. Just a guess on my part. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I always thought, you know, just straight up uh, whiskey with maybe a side of whole milk was a way to refresh myself after right. working out yes. in the yard. You know? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> we call that the grandpa lawnmower. That's what it <laughs> a is. A couple of shots of whiskey and your whole milk and you're good. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, coming up, uh, <laughs> I love this story. Um, a school district official jokes about taking conservatives to the slaughterhouse. What? Oh, you took me out of context is what he said. We'll, we'll get to that and much more. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. The Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Mark Lee is off today. He'll be back on Wednesday. This is a crazy story. A California district administrator uh, apparently said he wanted to bring voices opposing diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives to the slaughterhouse. You don't like this woke ideology being pumped into the classroom? Well, we want to send you to the slaughterhouse. What does that mean? Uh, He's been sued now by a faculty member along with the entire district for alleging or for uh, uh, violating the faculty member's First Amendment rights. Uh, The Institute for Free Speech filed this lawsuit against the district administrators on behalf of Bakersfield College professor Damon Johnson who said he was being targeted for investigation after being outspoken about his political beliefs. Now, Bakersfield College is a public institution operated by the Kern Community College District. The lawsuit said the investigation began after the plaintiff, Johnson, uh, responded to a post from a faculty member, Andrew Bond, uh, which called America a bleeping piece of bleep nation saying maybe Trump's comments about bleep whole countries was a statement of projection because, honestly, the U.S. is a bleeping piece of bleep nation. Go ahead and quote me, conservatives. Johnson then turned around and called Bond a social justice warrior uh, and was triggered by this. Uh, Do you agree with this radical social justice warrior from the English department? Thoughts? Um, And then Bond, uh, the person who said it, uh, filed an administrative complaint with the college for harassment and bullying. And so now they are being sued because there apparently was an inquiry into the person who fought back against somebody calling America a bleephole country. And then another official had said, you know, again, take conservatives to the slaughterhouse. Jeez. Essentially get them out. I, I, I always like how if a conservative fights back, it's it's bullying and harassment. But we can have people all the way up to the president of the United States call regular Americans Nazis because they don't see eye to eye with him on on policy. Right. But <laughs> the second that you start to, to push back, that's when you get labeled all sorts of things. Nazi, white supremacist, uh, uh, domestic terrorist, insurrectionist, all of these 
all of these buzzwords that the left have completely rendered meaningless mm-hmm. in regular society. Jeez. Anyway, update on that. Uh, we got a news update on the way. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Martin is out today. He'll be back on Wednesday. Thank you so much for being here. Well, again, the, driving the news on the political front is that Hunter Biden explicitly mentioned his dad while trying to uh, shake down a business associate in China, uh, which totally goes against what the White House has said about Biden's involvement in his son's business deals. Because obviously, uh, Hunter Biden used his dad as leverage in order to try to get whatever he wanted out of this particular individual. and Well, they're not going to talk to this knucklehead without his last name being Biden well, and of his course dad not. being Joe. Oh, of no. course he leveraged it. Yeah. Yeah. And- I mean, you think they're going to just deal with a guy, you know, some crackhead, you know, <laughs> whoremonger who comes in? Yeah, come on in. Sit down the board of directors here, boy. Yeah. Heck no. You know, crackhead whoremonger, though, man. That's, yeah, right, that's right. a metal band name, isn't it? Or an al- double album. <laughs> double album. <laughs> Unreleased material. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. So, uh, so the White House really has found itself in a bit of a bind because they have they started saying, well, he had no knowledge of any of it. You know, uh, Joe Biden himself had said, uh, no, it's garbage to say that I had anything to do with my, my son's business deals. And now they're saying, well, he wasn't directly involved in it, yeah, but maybe they had some conversations. I don't know. I, I thought this was funny, though, because part of the denials or non-statements coming out of the White House really sound like uh, a CYA effort on the part of the speaker. Because these people know that they've lied and they don't want to dig themselves any deeper into this uh, scandal surrounding the president. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre was asked point blank, hey, you yourself have said from that podium, from the White House uh, briefing room, that Joe Biden didn't have anything to do with Hunter's business. Well, Hunter, in a private text message, seemed to disagree. A couple of of the uh, U.S.-based business associates of Hunter Biden, namely Rob Walker and uh, Tony Bobulinski, have both said, no, Joe Biden was in on this. Joe knew what was going on. Right. So the question to her, to Corrine Jean-Pierre, was, do you want to amend your statement? Or are you still standing by the previous statement that Joe Biden had nothing to do with it? You've stated that the president stands by his comment from the 2020 campaign that he never once discussed his son's overseas business dealings with his son. And you stood at that podium and you reaffirmed that. Do you stand by your reaffirmation? What I will say is nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. And I will leave it there. Anything else, I will refer you to the White House counsel. This is not a change? I just answered the question. You you just asked me, does my statement change? I just told you nothing has changed. That's answering the question. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Stephen. I'm calling on your colleague right now. Go ahead. 
Thank you. To, to follow up on my colleague, is there anything that you can say with regard to this text message and what the president's son was alleging? Was the president there or not? I would refer you to my colleagues at the White House Council. <laughs> nope. They have addressed this, and I refer you to them. Can't talk about it. No, no, we're not. We're gonna we're gonna move on and talk about Russia and Ukraine and all these other things. Okay, not about wow. whether or not the president is a crook. I can't tell you how many times during this Biden presidency that she has referred people to the DOJ. Oh, yeah. Or to some other organization affiliated with the White House without answering anything. Yeah. And when she does, she's spinning around like the chainsaw scene in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, (laughs) just spinning (laughs) like a lathe. (laughs) Leather face in the middle of the road, just spinning around. Yeah, well, I I think it's funny, too, because as now this has progressed, at least in the commentariat, in in professional chattering people, it's gone from there's no there there to, well, yeah, Hunter may have done something, but Joe didn't know anything about it, to now how dare you, how dare you call this a scandal? This is about a man's love of his son. Nothing about anything. They're going right to the emotional thing because they know they can't defend it on the merits of the facts. Uh, Anna Navarro, ABC News. Did you hear what she had to say about this? No. The Hunter Biden story, the scandal, the this, the that, it's also the story of a father's love. And Joe Biden has never and will never give up on his son, son Hunter, and will never treat him lesser than. And so he is a father first. Take it or leave it. That's who he is. That is part of his heart. I mean, that's fine. Be a father first. That's fine. But you, that that's not what anybody is worried about. That's not what anybody's talking about. Nobody's saying, well, we need to know whether or not the president really loves his son. Nobody cares about that part of it. The question is, was Joe Biden involved in these business deals with his son? Joe Biden... If he would have come in front of the American people and his son and just said, look, my kid's been a screw up. I mean, I've forgiven him for that. I love my son, but he's made a lot of mistakes. Not this, un- but he loves his son unconditionally. Yeah. I mean, he, he's never he's never once the entire time said to him, look, my kid screwed up. That when you love it, when you love a kid, you look him in the eye and you set him down and go, hey, this is wrong. Mm hmm. You you screwed up here. We're going to get you the help you need, but you screwed up here. You yeah. made a lot of mistakes, and now you're really hurting me on my end. Yeah, can't go on. It just can't. So, you know, yeah. I mean, are there conditions attached to love? Most of the time, yes, there are conditions attached to it. Well, I mean, even still, if you're talking about on the uh, on the love angle of it, you can love somebody and still, you know, yeah, disagree with their life choices. Right. Yes. Um, of course, but again, the level of love that Joe Biden feels for Hunter is not the yeah. issue. The issue is whether or not Hunter Biden was but, acting as essentially a, a laundromat owner for cash for Joe Biden. But they're running him out there like he's the greatest dad who ever lived. Right. Well, yeah, what a that's wonderful father not this true. guy's been, and he hasn't been. Yeah. But I mean, his daughter was in rehab. His son was in rehab. Mm-hmm. I mean, they both had troubled lives. Yeah. 
considering the great dad there, I don't look at the, I don't see the influence there at all. And also bad grandpa. Yes. Won't even won't even acknowledge what he was even acknowledge. Yeah. yeah. Jeez. <clears throat> Plus also he's senile in a in a national security threat. Did you see this on Meet the Press? Nor I I mean right, it's Chuck Todd, Meet the Press, who cares? I just find this kind of interesting that he would bring this up. New polling from NBC News shows that the number of Democrats worried about Biden's mental fitness has doubled. About 43% of Democrats are concerned about it. What do you have to do to be concerned yeah, about it? I was going to say, welcome health? aboard. What are you talking about? The, yeah. guy, the guy has, has tried to look for a woman who was dead. Uh, he forgets where he is. He forgets what he's saying. He gives up on sentences with frightening regularity. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, I think that you can be concerned about his mental ability, especially because he is the president of the United States. I would expect that the president of the United States would have the ability to finish sentences, but he doesn't. Right. I mean, if this guy, if this guy is your uncle, yeah, and he's at your house for Thanksgiving, you might say, you know, he's doing pretty good. Yeah. You know, for an eighty-year-old guy, he's getting along pretty well. That's not the case with the president of the United States. No. Chuck Whole different Todd, game. Yeah. Chuck Todd on Meet the Press asked Democrat Senator Amy Klobuchar whether or not she oh. was a little concerned. And I, I, I just, this is a master class in McGurkin, man. I love this. Uh, no, I don't. Uh, he did so well at that state dinner. Um, I think we all saw his power at the State of the Union. Our party is united behind him. Why? Because we work in a results-oriented business, Chuck, and he has gotten results. Added over 13 million jobs since the beginning of his presidency. When he took over, our democracy was in shambles. We were- it was not in shambles, and you did not add 13 million, 13 million jobs. jobs. That's a lie. No. But... Yeah. Explain why that's a lie, though, David. Oh, I'll explain. Oh, okay. They they like to tout the 13 or 14 million jobs, or according to Joe Biden, 15 billion jobs uh, that were added. What they're counting is uh, jobs that were being refilled because they were artificially eliminated due to government shutdowns of businesses during the coronavirus pandemic. So when you're talking about actual job creation, meaning additional jobs that were not available or did not exist you're far below 12 or 13 million jobs i mean yeah. you're talking about again you when, when 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 joe biden is touting the resurgence in jobs that have happened under his watch he really needs to be thanking the governors of texas and florida and other states that he said were neanderthals for reopening mm-hmm. uh once it was clear that you didn't need to keep uh shut down uh, due to the pandemic. So, yeah, they, they lie all the time. That's just what they do, but it makes for a snappy soundbite. It does. Yeah. We're in the middle of a pandemic. People are dying. Now we've emerged from that. Uh, the economy is moving forward. Manufacturing in our own nation, made in America, is resurging. We finally got veterans' health care done for those stationed next to burn pits. Uh, we've united our allies when it comes to Ukraine. We've finally taken on the pharmaceutical companies, despite yep. everyone talking about it, and passed a version of my bill, which allows Medicare to negotiate for lower prices for our seniors. Um, those aren't small accomplishments. Those are big deal things. Yeah, well... When it comes to the Medicare negotiating thing, Trump wanted to do it, and Democrats stopped it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are a lot of things that just are complete lies, but this is how you just barrel through the elephant in the room, which is Joe Biden is obviously not mentally there anymore. It's it's pretty serious on his front. 
Well, and when you use the words resurgence and rebounded, it, yeah, I mean, the, there's no numbers behind that. You're just saying it. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's what rebounded. they do. They lie. Uh, by the way, uh, totally switching gears here. Did you see the New York Department of Environmental Protection has uh, drafted new rules that would order uh, pizza joints that do wood-fired or coal-fired pizza yeah. to slash their carbon emissions by up to 75%? Oh, Not sustainable yeah. to have wood-fired pizza, Scott. Yeah, <laughs> they said all New Yorkers deserve to breathe healthy air and wood and coal-fired stoves are among the largest contributors of harmful pollutants in neighborhoods with poor air quality. This common sense rule developed with the restaurant and environmental justice groups requires a professional review of whether installing emission controls is feasible. I mean, you're talking about like $20,000 upgrades that you'd have to do in order to, to try to uh, meet the requirements that the that New York would put in place. Does somebody just walk around with a clipboard yeah. adding new things that they can go after Oh, over yeah. and over again? Oh, and I mean, ignoring elephants in the room and just going ahead and just doing it. Yeah. Do you, you, you of course, remember the big uh, uh, dust up over gas powered stoves. Well, yeah, yeah. Where it was, hey, we're thinking about, you know, banning them. Well, nobody's coming after gas stoves. And then you have city after city saying, yeah, we are actually banning gas stoves. Um, or we're going to require that businesses not use them or any new construction not use uh, gas fixtures. Uh, moving forward, it's got to be all electric or whatever. Um, <laughs> I, did, and so, again, it's one of those things that liberals say is not happening, but it's a good thing that it is happening. It, it's, it's remarkable to watch this thing uh, unfold. I saw a piece, it was running in the Los Angeles Times, that now claim that gas, it, they claim that gas stoves cause leukemia. Really? That's what they're claiming. I mean, it's it's totally bogus what they put out there. But they're saying, think that gas stoves are harmless. Well, this study on leukemia rates would beg to differ, sir. They they just they they make things up all the time. And then when you object, they call you a conspiracy theorist. Yeah, I'm looking forward to people walking into their wood fired pizza place and and getting charged forty dollars for a twelve inch. Right, because you <laughs> right. got to make up for it. Right. You do it. Well, I can't believe you. I can't believe that they paid the pizza. Well, there you go. This is what happens. Hey, did you know it's Pride Month? No. When? Yeah, it's this month. Wow. All right. Well, I have an update to that. We'll we'll talk about it next. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. The Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on special assignment. Hey, did you know it's Pride Month? What? Yeah, Pride Month. Now? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Right now. Yeah. Really? Haven't heard a thing. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, ju- I didn't want you to forget. I didn't want oh, it to I just slipped right by me. Yeah, slept I... under the rug that it's Pride Month. Actually, it's not Pride Month anymore. What is it? Well, well, remember Rachel Levine? This oh, yeah. is the obese man who thinks he's a woman who Biden picked to help lead our nation's health care initiatives? That's right. Yeah. Um, well, well, he's declared it something else. Here we go. Hello, my name is Admiral Rachel Levine, and I have the honor of being the Assistant Secretary for Health at the United States Department of Health and Human Services. Happy Pride. Happy Pride Month. And actually, let's declare it a summer of pride. Happy Summer of Pride. Summer of Pride. Oh, the Summer of Pride. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> sure. All right, dude. Yeah, we'll, we'll just... 
By, speaking of which, uh, did you hear the story about a former New Hampshire state representative who was also the nation's first transgender-identifying state lawmaker? Uh, he calls himself Stacy Marie Lawton. He's a Democrat, of course, born Barry Lawton. Uh, well, he's been arrested and charged for allegedly distributing child pornography. No. Yeah. So, so this person has had a, a fraught relationship with not only reality but the law itself. Um, and uh, apparently, uh, not only was he doing this, but like, so back in 2008, let's just go through the, uh, the, the resume here. In 2008, he was convicted of a credit card felony. Uh, in 2012, he was elected to be a state lawmaker, and at the time, LGBTQ, LMNOP, Al- Alpha Omega, whatever, Boron uh-huh. community, they were thrilled. Like, this is a huge step forward. Well, after the election, he stepped down because, oh, yeah, by the way, <laughs> credit card fraud that somehow got buried by New Hampshire Democrats. Um, and then he was later sentenced to six months in jail after reporting a bomb threat to a hospital in 2015. July 2021, Lawton arrested again for giving police false information. Then, after all of that, he won election to the state house again just this past November, only to step down in December because of accusations of stalking. Been arrested on stalking charges twice, uh, including one time just a month before the election. It's almost like, I don't know, having mentally ill people in positions of power is a bad thing. Call me crazy here. Yeah. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins show. Uh, biggest story of the day, I think, is the uh, White House scrambling to try to explain what exactly Hunter Biden was up to with dear old dad for all those years after it came to light that a couple of IRS whistleblowers claimed that uh, they wanted to pursue felony charges against him for the tax evasion stuff. And also uh, there's this little text message where he's strong arming a Chinese official uh, and invokes Joe Biden's name and says that actually Joe Biden is in the room with him, which would say that there is some level of cooperation there with these corrupt business deals that are now landing yeah. at Joe Biden's doorstep. Uh, we'll get to the updates on that and also the big trifecta top three stories of the day, according to Scott Robbins. Next. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on special assignment. Man, it was some crazy stuff going on in Russia over the weekend, Scott. Yeah. So I, I, It's weird because I find myself going, okay, somebody tell me which team to be on. <laughs> Neither. None. Right, right. I know none, right? Yeah. So you have this group. Uh, I mean, it's, it's Wagner Group is what it's called. It's a, uh, uh, a large private army. They're mercenaries for the Russian government, and mm-hmm. they have all sorts of uh, uh, irons in the fire, so to speak, in Africa and elsewhere in the world uh, working on Russian interests. They've been very heavily involved in Ukraine. And a few months ago, the guy who uh, runs it, um, a dude who actually was a, I mean, a career criminal, spent most of his 20s in prison, uh, then was released and started a hot dog stand, made a small fortune. Then he wound up getting a stake in a supermarket chain and uh, made a lot of money and then got into the weapons uh, game. Um, this group turned on Russia a few months ago. Uh, he started accusing Russian generals of starving his troops, that too many of his guys were getting killed in Ukraine as part of the 
invasion going on there. And there's there have been some rumblings. And he's also said that he was short on ammunition. Well, apparently he was stockpiling, actually, ammunition and decided he was going to take his uh, merry gang of thugs and rapists to march on Moscow yes, in protest. And so as we're watching these developments over the weekend, we're thinking, okay, is this actually legitimately a, a rebellion, an insurrection that's happening? They got within like 120 miles or so of Moscow, actually, and then turned back. And what the leader of this group said was, well, he didn't want to see uh, Russian on Russian blood spilled um, and turned back. And so a lot of people are sitting around going, "Okay, what was this actually? Mm -hmm. What what was the point of this? Because they did shoot down a couple of of, uh, airplanes uh, that Russia had sent over because they were doing airstrikes and whatnot to try to quell this rebellion. What exactly does the future hold? And the the answer is, uh, I don't know. What was no, this exactly? Yeah. You know, you have a lot of uh, theories out there. Some say, well, the CIA was involved in, in pushing them to weaken Putin, but there was actually no insurrection as far as we can tell right now. I will say, though, not that the world revolves around American politics all the time, because especially with some of the minutiae day-to-day stuff, no, it doesn't. But um, for all the people who were crying about uh, the Capitol riot being an insurrection, right. No, 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 no. Uh, a bunch of guys in military gear kitted out marching on Moscow. That's what an insurrection was starting to look like, okay? It's not, it's not a bunch of goobers going into the, uh, into the uh, Capitol building and, and, and uh, defacing property. Well, I did notice that uh, the, the video I saw of the, of, the, of the troopers heading towards Moscow the guy leading him was the Russian Chewbacca guy. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really see any of that. Uh, I didn't yeah. see any Texas well, you had realtors. To look close. Yeah, you had to look really close in there. Yeah. I mean, it, this group—they are scary people. Okay, I just I, you, you really can't. Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> undersell that oh, or oversell man. that. I mean, some it, bad hombres. They are there, man. bad guys. Yeah, and and uh, it it was looking like potentially this would have been a really ugly ugly situation if they had gotten into moscow but they turned back and uh they've reached a deal i guess where the the head of wagner is is in belarus now although you know i think somebody had made the point this guy is definitely going to have some arsenic tea in the near future uh for trying to stand up to putin well do you see this guy oh yeah but he's like a bond villain you know oh total well yeah i mean we're I, th- he, again i mean bad guy Oh really my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> I mean these dudes. Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of it's one of the, one of those things where you look at what the Russian army does, and the Russian army is is filled with a lot of thugs and a lot of people who don't even want to be there. But I mean they, uh, it, it's not exactly known for upholding honor uh, over the last century plus. No. Um, the Russian army, Wagner Group is the group that does the Russian army's dirty work. So that's bad. I mean, that's uh, these are these are really bad yeah. guys. Um, but you know, I have no idea what this means moving forward. I know a lot of people who are very invested in this, who have studied uh, Russian politics, say this was a big black eye for Vladimir Putin because uh, you've got some of his cronies kind of chirping back at him right now for this disastrous invasion of Ukraine. I don't know. I, I, I'd love to be able to tell you I have a theory as to what exactly this is. I just I've I've read all of them and I I don't really know what to believe. Well, they brokered a deal. Yeah, 
I mean, the 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 leader of the uprising, that dude, he ended up. Now he's going to be in Belarus in seclusion. Is that how it works? Yeah. Well, yeah. He's in exile. In exile. Yeah. And and he was allowed to do that. I don't know. It was the weirdest thing because here they are. They're just you know, not that far out of Moscow, and yeah. they decide to call it off. Yeah. It was. It was. Now just... did those bad guys go back to the Russian army now? Well, they're not in the Russian army, but they they apparently no, will but be. They go back to help them, right? They they will be going to, uh, or they will be continuing to operate on behalf of Russia elsewhere in the world. I'm not really sure what the status is for. Yeah, I don't Ukraine even know what that itself. means. Jeez. Oh, that's like securing mining operations and things like that, and and quelling any sort of uprisings from slave Man. labor that China and yeah. Russia uphold in Africa. I mean, they, they, again, these are bad guys. <laughs> yeah, really bad guys. It's sort of like, yeah. wait, what was your prison record? Okay, we yeah. got rape, we got murder. That's fine. Yeah, great. You're, you'll be a general. Yeah. It's, it, it was just so weird to me how quickly it ended, though, how quickly they just suddenly said, okay, we're not doing this anymore. Right. Because, you know, I'm getting the minute-by-minute minute updates like, okay, they're now just over 100 miles away from Moscow, and they are going to seek revenge against the Russian government. And then all of a sudden the dude's just like, nah, we're good. We're turning back. We're going back to base camp. Yeah, we're, we're, we're all right. We're, we we, we yeah. reached a deal. Yeah, well, so it's just strange. Yeah, it, it very is strange. very strange. But yeah. And you're right. I think there are a lot of people saying, okay, well, who am I rooting for here? Yeah, and, I don't even know who I'm supposed to be for here. I mean, the answer is uh, nobody. Uh, nobody, because I think for the people kind of cheering on the Wagner group over the weekend, do you realize yeah. what would happen if you had an, a literal terrorist organization get control over a nuclear arsenal? Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. See, I was like, thinking the exact same thing. Like, I mean, But got, these people are walking up to this Wagner guy, and they're getting their picture taken with oh, yeah. him, and, and he's a big celebrity, you mm -hmm. know. Man, it is wild times that we live in. We'll, we'll be keeping an eye on that and yeah, keep you up to date with any new developments that come out of that. All right, are you ready for your big trifecta? Let's do it. All right. Are you ready? It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. All right, the trifecta, the top three stories of the day, according to Scott Robbins. And like Casey Kasem taught him how to do all those years ago, we count them down uh, three to one. So number yeah. three today, Scott, you want to talk about Riley Gaines, former NCAA uh, star swimmer, University uh, of Kentucky versus the Mean Girls at USA Today. You know, I've really taken a liking to her. Um, she was somebody who stuck her neck completely out. I mean, to the detriment of her own safety. Mm -hmm. She's done this. She was the woman who, of course, competed against Leah Thomas, the transgender. And she was going to be one of these women to stand up and go, hey, man, this isn't right. This isn't fair. And she, of course, has taken a beating. Ari Drennan tweeted out, Riley Gaines has turned a fifth-place tie with Leah Thomas into a lucrative career in the right-wing media. Another tweet from Nancy Armour. There is a growing cottage industry of women using transgender athletes to become right-wing media celebrities. Riley had just about enough of that. So she fired back. Right-wing? I'd love to be interviewed by you, Nancy, anytime. You know where to find me, as does CNN and MSNBC and every other left-leaning outlet that has failed to reach out and consider the perspective of those who are actually impacted by this. Mm-hmm. Good for you, Riley Gaines. Yes. By the way, no mention since then from anyone oh, no. else. No, they, they like chirping from the cheap seats. They don't want to actually get involved in it or hear yeah, another mean, perspective. Right. I mean, if you take those 
interview networks and their hosts refusal to have you on it's uh, kind of an admission i would think that you're on the right track uh, i think so yeah they don't want to talk to you you're too dangerous to be heard from for saying that there's a difference between men and women yeah that's where yes. we are right that's, now in this that's country. it man wow that's it all right it's the trifecta top three stories of the day according to scott robbins down to number two uh michigan is looking to criminalize opinions. Yeah, Michigan's Democratic House passed legislation last week that enables attorneys to shut down hate speech, quote, post, quote. The House bill is 4474, very vague, unconstitutional, seems like anyway. The punishment for making someone, quote, feel threatened, post, quote, in Michigan, five years in jail, $10,000 fine. <laughs> An alternate sentence proposes community service in order to enhance the offender's understanding of the impact of the offense upon the victim and the wider community. Now, I, for one, can't wait to see this thing challenged in court, because it will, of course. And the courts need to strike this nonsense down. I mean, if say, someone claims they feel threatened by your speech, that's when they can go after you, just because they feel that way. Mm -hmm. So somebody will determine, well, they have the right to feel that way. You get fined and put in prison. Yeah, no. That, that yeah, yeah uh, no, we're not. We're burn not down a business uh, during a protest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> say they say things that make people feel bad. Well, you're going to jail. Right. What the hell is going on, yeah, man? Right. A grown man wearing a thong, shaking his ween at little kids, and that's protected Perfectly speech. Perfectly fine. Protected yeah. speech. Yes. Yeah, call that guy a freak show. Go right to jail. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. To right. Yeah, immediately. Yeah. yeah, it's the trifecta top three stories of the day. According to Scott Robbins, we're all the way down to number one. Uh, Fox News has made it official, announcing their new primetime lineup after yeah. they fired Tucker Carlson. Jesse Waters is getting a gig. The Tucker gig. Yeah. I mean, I like Jesse Waters. Yeah. I mean, he's the host of the five or the co-host of the five, I guess, every day. Funny guy. But he is in an unwinnable situation, I think. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. But somebody told me this once. I don't know if in your career, David, you have ever replaced someone who is the legend. Well. I did once. Mm -hmm. I, I don't recommend it for anyone. But somebody told me once that nobody remembers Bubby Brister's name. Mm -hmm. There's a reason for that. Bubby replaced John Elway. <laughs> so nobody nobody remembers. Now, I'll give it to him for stepping in there. And I, I hope he makes a go of it. I mean, I hope it works out for him. I, mean, I think the same thing was said when Tucker took over for Bill O'Reilly, though. Yeah. I mean, it worked out very well, although I think it's a different type of dynamic here. Yeah, I think we're in a different place in time right now. Yeah, I agree. I think the Tucker thing is, is a little bit more different, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, with, with, with Jesse Waters, I mean, he's a known commodity with the Fox News audience. I don't know that... He'll command an audience the way that uh, Tucker did. But, I mean, the five usually gets a lot of eyeballs and a lot of times got more eyeballs than uh, Tucker did. So maybe uh, maybe it could work. I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens there. I mean, and I hope they give it enough time. I'm assuming they will. They won't knee-jerk on this. But I thought they might go outside, but they didn't. They stayed inside yeah. with it, and that makes sense. You've already built a brand, I guess, with I him. I think you kind of have to. You got it. You, yeah. you know, in their situation, if they're trying to uh, win back maybe some people who have left, because I don't know that there would be any ill will between you know Tucker's fan base and Jesse Waters. I mean, I think it is what it is. Right. Um, but again, he's a known he's a he's a known figure on that 
uh, on that station. You know, you can't you can't suddenly bring in Chris Cuomo, and right, you know, right, and suddenly, no, 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 or no, Don no, Lemon no. or something right. like yeah. that. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I mean that it's it, that just won't work. I think he did have to promote somebody from within. So good luck to him. I mean, congratulations. Yeah, good luck to him. That's, um, that's a hell of a deal. I mean, I'm sure he got a nice pay bump for it and everything else. Yeah. But so we'll see where that hang, goes. Hang All right, your hat. That's either going to work greatly or it's going to. You'll never hear from him again after yeah, right. one year. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think one he'll be around for a while. Yeah. Watch yeah. then, like two days later, he gets fired. Fired. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's the trifecta top three stories of the day, according to Scott Robbins. Uh, we got Nimrods in the news coming up and a news a news update. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jimmy Markley is out today. Just a quick update here. Uh, Scott, you mentioned that Jesse Waters would be taking over the 8 o'clock Eastern primetime slot for yes. Tucker Carlson. Yes, they've made that official apparently, and I thought, hey man, he may he may do a pretty good job. People know who he is. He's yeah. been on the network for a long time. Uh, used to be Bill O'Reilly's stunt guy. I mean, there's there's a lot of things working in his favor, and I thought, hey, maybe it could work. Look forward to seeing what what happens there. Um, bad news though, uh, because Geraldo just said Jesse Waters will do great in the 8 p.m. Eastern slot. Well, that's a kiss of death, isn't it? That is the kiss of death, man. Yeah. That's like you endorsing a politician. Yeah, you that's, can't a, do it. that's a guaranteed <laughs> loss. So. I, I'm done, though. I don't do it anymore. Geraldo never learned. He just yeah. keeps doing so, it. So, Jesse Waters, save your money, man. All right. Geraldo <laughs> Rivera, bad mojo. Yeah, bad exactly. Yeah. Uh, did you see this uh, ever since that Ocean Gate submersible imploded during the visit to the Titanic wreckage? Of course, we didn't know for sure that it had imploded last for most of last week, but. It, it, it was gone. Uh, people have been streaming Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On. Golly, man. I don't even know how I feel about that. Yeah. Uh, of course. I, I don't, I, yeah. yeah. That was the theme song to James Cameron's Titanic. Titanic. And yeah. For some reason, this disaster caused people to to want to listen to it on Friday, just the day after it was announced that five people on board had died. Yeah. The song had been streamed 523,000 times. Jeez. Netflix also waded into these troubled waters because uh, they're bringing Titanic back to Netflix uh, on Saturday, this coming Saturday. So, you know, we, we don't know for sure that it had anything to do with the Ocean Gate disaster, but um, it, it was announced as being on the slate of new arrivals uh, just last week while this was all still going on. So the timing at best is just really unfortunate, but you know, I guess give the people what they want, I suppose. And yeah. I don't know, man. That's it seems like you know you talk about bad mojo, man. <laughs> yeah, I just I you know I feel weird about it. I guess there's a probably heightened you know yeah. with with the Titanic talk anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah, and James Cameron's been out there a lot talking about this. So anyway, oh, it's time for Nimrod's interview. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Ian. It's Nimrod's in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right, going to have to make this short. A guy was caught carving his girlfriend's name into the ancient wall of the Colosseum in Rome. Oh, God. Staff called the cops, but it's unclear if he was caught. He was apparently with his girlfriend. Her name is Haley, by the way. <laughs> 